Welcome, sports fans, to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. The presenting sponsor of the Matt Mosley Show is Central National Bank, your leading independent bank, with locations in Waco, Temple, and Austin. Also sponsored by Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram, Barnett Contracting, Coriel Health, Element Waco Hotel, Jim Turner Chevrolet, Marineland Boating Center, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop, Witt Building Supplies, and UBO Business Services. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's Matt Mosley. Happy Holidays, Merry Christmas. Hope everybody's doing well today as we're getting closer and closer to the big day, which is Monday. And um, really exciting. Uh, tell you, Aaron, what excited me was a good 3.30 a.m. wake-up call this morning. And um, that was the time to catch the flight back and um, uh, from New York City and uh, was there to watch Bears and Duke Bears uh, play this evening. Uh, pre-game here on ESPN Central Texas at about 5.30, tip at 6. Aaron, have you done much research on Mississippi Valley State? Have you, uh, have you happened to a, see? <laughs> it was a quick uh-huh. look. I saw they were 0-11 and, 11 and uh, yeah. pretty much ended my research. Yeah, They're not very good. Uh, the uh, that's going to be uh, a good bounce back opportunity, and I there's still buzz, Aaron. Let me let me just tell you, even from the the Baylor staff and and people associated with it, 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 obviously the game didn't go the way they wanted. I mean, you know, there were some really good things about that game and digging their way kind of out of an early hole, down 26-16. They come back, cut it to 34-32 at halftime. They had a 54-48 lead in the second half with about, you know, I would say with about six, seven minutes left, it was basically, you know, tie game. And then they just went on uh, with about three minutes, 58 seconds left, Duke gets it to 68-61. And the Bears, who I thought would mount uh, a, a charge, just couldn't. And, you know, part of it is just uh, there was a mislayup in there. Um, but, Aaron, the buzz is that crowd. Now, again, it, it's the good news for Baylor was they, they actually had a nice showing at Madison Square Garden. Like, I think even the Duke fans were kind of like, hey, that's nice. The Bears Bears have a good little crew. I mean, it was not just like, oh, there's a row of Baylor fans behind the bench. Um, we were kind of spread out throughout the building and then had one big section over there back behind the bench and up into the, the whole first deck. And then uh, the Blankenship family traveling with us up there on the first level of the second deck. And that was cool. But it was kind of amazing, I think, for Baylor people to be reminded of, like, what Duke has become over the years, the monster that they are. And 
You know, I, I don't think, Aaron, that was a case of, well, a bunch of Duke fans made the trip up from Durham. You know, I'm not saying they don't have a rabid base in that part of the country, but they have a national audience. And playing this game in New York, it, it, it was a massive takeover by the Dukies. And um, the, the kind of the thought is from Baylor folks is like, how cool would that be if the Bears played a so-called neutral site game in Dallas and just took the thing over. They played things like that because I remember going and they played like Washington State. Maybe it was even last year and the women played a game and against Arizona or somebody like that. And it was okay. It was okay. But it, it might have been around the holidays. And quite honestly, it was not like, oh, wow, <clears throat> the Bears – have taken over. In fact, I think the Horns were involved in that showcase. Like they played in one of the games and then the Bears did. So I, I I think the Baylor envisions a scenario where they play a nice showcase game in a in in Dallas area or Houston area and the thing is just like completely taken over by Baylor fans. Kind of like what Duke did the other night. <clears throat> Could that happen? Well, it, it sort of has happened. Um, the Baylor-Duke game in um, in Houston was not what you would think of. Um, the years ago, 2000, circa 2010, somewhere around then, 2011, they, the, uh, it was a massive, massive, it may have been even earlier than that, it may have been 2008 or 9, but a massive Baylor turnout. To the to the point where it it just Duke got squeezed out uh, it, the, as far as like they had plenty of fans there, but I would say it was like thirty to forty thousand Baylor fans to five to ten thousand Duke fans, and you don't expect to see something like that. We saw it, and it spoke to how desperate the Bears had been over the years for a huge winner. The Football had started to come out of its slumber at that point, um, and then um, the basketball fans went crazy. And then by then, of course, the, uh, f- the fans of the uh, women's team certainly traveled, and they had some great crowds, but that was a scene. So anyway, I think, uh, I think it was just a reminder of like what hopefully Baylor's still working toward, and that's wherever you are, you know, getting that huge crowd to show up. Aaron, I don't think you can ex- – Baylor just doesn't have the fan base nor, you know, nor the sort of non-alum base to take over like a Madison Square Garden. But you can take over something regional. Uh, and I think the thought is, man, you got to quickly turn this new pavilion into a huge home court advantage. Is it going to be Cameron indoor from the start? No, no. You got to, you know, you got to figure it out. You got to work your way up. I mean, I I hope the students will have, uh, you know, good vantage point. Will be in a good spot, and that uh, then everybody crowds in there, and it becomes a tough place to play. Aaron, in my opinion, I think it'll take it a little bit, like for. I mean, I'm not saying there won't be a game this year against Texas or whoever, 
where the crowd doesn't go crazy and they get revved up. But I, I think I think you kind of have to get used to your surroundings a little bit um, before it becomes like a great home court advantage. Aaron, do you think it can happen in a hurry, or do you think the Bears will have to kind of ease into this a little bit? No, it'll be immediate. It's going to be sold out every game, and with the way it's laid out, it's going to be super loud. Can't wait. Yeah, I think um, I think it'll be. Uh, I think it'll. It's going to be interesting. Uh, now, we'll have more information for you. We'll uh, be back all start of next week sometime, and we'll start to get kind of ramped up. We are going to broadcast live from that January second um, opener, and um, that'll that'll be great. We've already had people want to be a part of that broadcast have signed up if you uh your company your business you want to be associated with that uh, uh first game john and i will both be doing our shows from the uh, pavilion from the foster pavilion we'll be doing that for a, a few games this year and uh, if you want to be a part of that just l- let us know um uh, in fact you can reach out to us on the text line 254 254- 662-1660. That is the CNC Collision Center tax line. Now today, we again off a little early because the um, uh, the men play tonight, and um, I I think Aaron the I think they I think Scott has learned uh, a difficult lesson, and even after twenty years at the helm, you learn lessons, and it's even. Even against, like, you know, playing a team that's probably not going to have a chance against the Bears, you you got to play to stay sharp. And the Bears had too long of a layoff before Michigan State game. They, they, they played, like, the fifth. They didn't play again until the 16th, and they weren't ready to go. And, you know, all the practices or get-togethers or shoot-arounds or whatever you try to get in, that can't simulate – game-like type conditions and getting out there. And so I think this will be important tonight. You say, well, Matt, they're going to win by 50. Well, yeah, yeah. But get out there, play to your standard, try to get your legs back under you, try to regain your swagger a little bit. I thought they found it to a certain extent against Duke. Um, Duke just had a couple of guys go off. And one it was one guard in particular. It wasn't Roach. Um, Foster played well. I mean, you know, they have several guards, but it, 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 this is not like, I don't think this is a great Duke team, but that doesn't mean they can't get hot and go far in the tournament. They've got a highly, highly skilled big man like Filipowski. When he's not shooting threes, he can work you down low, and he's got really great touch and a great feel for around the rim. That was a fun matchup, Filipowski against Eve Misi. Eve Misi will never, he will never enter a game where, like, somebody trumps him in athleticism or really even size for that matter. He's massive. He's already fully developed. In a lot of not not his game, but as a as as a physical player, he's there. He's already there. I, Aaron, to me that was kind of cool. 
to see two young heavyweights in college basketball. And I keep seeing people, even Baylor people, say, well, Misi, yeah, his, his stock is skyrocketing. Well, maybe, maybe. But it's, you know, there, there are only a few big men who don't shoot the outside shot. I'm talking um, seven-footers who now go, like, in the top ten of the draft. One of those went to the Mavericks in Derek Lively II from Duke last year. And he's actually turned out to be pretty good for the Mavericks. So, I mean, maybe maybe people could see Misi in that kind of role. I just think Lively, while also very young, has a little bit more – he was a little bit older and a little bit more maturity to his game than what Eve – he, is, he was not as imposing as Eve already is in terms of put-back dunks. And um, I, I think the shot blocking is pretty close. So I do think in the world of NIL, the Bears would have a shot at keeping Misi around. All right, and um, Aaron, in breaking news today – um, Florida State has, and we'll have more of this in Campus Confidential today, but they've taken that first step toward eventually leaving the ACC. And the they are suing the ACC over grant of rights and withdrawal fee. Now, their point on the withdrawal, the the grant of rights is that they believe it's it's so draconian in in its and and basically when you hear somebody use that you know they mean it's so old school and so over the top they think the penalty is just so massive that it it doesn't make sense and part of this lawsuit they're they're arguing that the ACC has failed in its duty to take care of teams and keep up with others. And I also think they're going to use, they're starting to show their cards. Aaron, this, one of the reasons they didn't want SMU, Stanford, and Cal coming into the ACC is it, they believe it diminishes the conference's um, ability to do things out there on the market in terms of uh, their uh, you know, what people think of the ACC. I, you know, I don't know if I don't really think I agree with that. But Aaron, it's kind of interesting that now that they Florida State was somehow, you know, bowled over, and they and their vote against it. You know, they they ended up getting in. They're now going to use this against the ACC to basically say <laughs> you you uh, damaged the brand by letting these schools in. Aaron, I kind of – this is a 38-page lawsuit filed in Leon County Circuit Court in Tallahassee. They're, they're seeking a declaratory judgment against the ACC to void the grant of rights and withdraw fee as, quote, unreasonable restraints of trade in the state of Florida and not enforceable in their entirety 
against Florida State. Aaron, as all play, you know, and this is maybe where they had to file it, but you're you're hoping obviously for a home court advantage in a deal like that. Do I think there's going to be oh there'll be a quick judgment and we'll all move on about our business and they'll go elsewhere? No, I don't. I don't. I think this is going to be settle in for a long fight, but the fight has begun uh, as uh, uh, today. And uh, Aaron, it's. I think this will result in Florida State leaving eventually. The question will be <clears throat> how many teams will go with Florida State and, like, who will want them? Like, I, I've already seen people saying, hey, what about Brett Yormark? What about the Big 12? If the if the Big Ten's saying they don't want them, SEC, I, Aaron, I just have, I have a hard time believing that an enormous brand like Florida State, that at some point the SEC's not going to go, okay, all right, y'all can come. Y'all can come. Do you believe that or not? I do, I, 100%. All this talk about the Big Ten and the SEC not being interested in any of the ACC schools, mm-hmm. it's it's ridiculous on its face to anybody mm-hmm. that follows college football. They don't want them all, but there will be teams out of the ACC. Florida, probably Clemson, North Carolina I've heard a lot about, and who knows the fourth team. But yeah. I think two of those will go to the SEC. Two will end up in the Big Ten. I don't think there's much question about that in my mind. All right, well, the fight has started. And, Aaron, when I think holidays, I think lawsuits. You know, just a good old-fashioned lawsuit to begin the holidays and to get you in the holiday spirit. Um, okay, I'll tell you who else gets me in the holiday spirit, Aaron, and he's he's trying to go see a movie with his family. Ooh, but what he wanted to do before that was make – an end-of-the-year appearance on the Mosley Show. Kevin Longquist, formerly of Rivals, now with On3 Sports, joins us next. Baylor, Big 12 Women's Basketball on ESPN Central Texas. The Baylor women opening Big 12 play Saturday, December 30th in Austin against Texas. 12.30 for the countdown to tip-off. 1 p.m. tip-off. Follow the Bears through the Big 12 Conference with Derek Smith and Lori Fogelman here on the flagship station for Baylor women's basketball. ESPN Central Texas. Happening now, free lab-grown diamond earrings up to four-carat total weight, free at DMRA Fine Jewelers. Spend $6.99 or more and get half-carat to four-carat lab-grown diamond stud earrings for free. 0% financing on-site master jewelers and up to 60% off Christmas specials. That's 0% financing on-site master jewelers and up to 60% off Christmas specials. You always receive more when you choose Diamore Fine Jewelers on West Waco Drive. See store for details. Hi, my name is Amanda Cunningham. I am a local realtor that has a passion for people. I've helped clients buy and sell over 80 homes in 2019 and would love to help you buy or sell that perfect home. You deserve to get top dollar for your home. Listing with an experienced agent that specializes in not only promoting your home, but helping you get your home buyer ready is key. I have a team of people around me that make what I do each day possible. If you're searching for that perfect home, your experience should be pleasant and stress-free. Call me today. I want to meet you. 254-495-0338. Google Amanda Cunningham Realtor with Coldwell Banker Apex to find my website, Facebook, and more. 
Hey, Central Texas, next time you're ready for a weekend getaway or a staycation, remember Element Waco Hotel. Element Waco Hotel offers its guests a superb combination of luxury and comfort. Uh, the rooms are big and spotless and feature an upscale modern look and feel. I should know I've stayed there. It is Matt Mosley, ESPN Central Texas. They have suites that are perfect for you to host a watch party for the upcoming big game. The Circa Kitchen serves fresh, modern, Mediterranean-inspired cuisine made with locally sourced ingredients. They have the local beer and organic wine, cocktail. Open to the public seven days a week, 5 to 10 p.m. And then that heated outdoor pool and hot tub. Located 2200 North Robinson Drive, just off the famous Waco traffic circle. It is the Element Waco Hotel. And ask about our discounted rates for November and December. Listen to the Matt Mosley Show online at SyntechSportsFan.com. Are you ready to break ground on your next commercial construction project? Founded in 1969, Barnett Contracting is your single source for preparing for your next build. Their services include excavation, utilities, civil engineering, concrete work, paving, and storm drainage. Do business with Central Texas' premier site work contractor, Barnett Contracting, where they strive for successful projects and satisfied clients. Learn more at barnettcontracting.com. Ring in the new year with unbeatable savings during the wrap-up the year sales event at Allen Samuels in Waco. This month, get a new 2023 Ram 1500 Laramie Crew Cab 4x4, $15,000 off MSRP or 2.9% for 72 months. Or how about a new 2023 Ram 1500 Lone Star Crew Cab 4x4, $12,000 off MSRP or 2.9% for 72 months. Plus an extra $500 off for first responders. Hurry in. These deals won't last long at Allen Samuels. Hey, neighbor, I saw your license plate. Welcome to Texas. Thanks. I'm going to need a bigger mower for this lawn. Seems like everything's bigger here. <laughs> it sure is. And we're saving up for a big pool. Well, then you're going to need a high-yield CD from EECU. They have a 5.5% APY on a nine-month CD. 5.5%? That is big. Yep, we've done our banking with EECU for years, and we opened a CD just last week. It was fast and easy to open online. Just call 800-333-9934 or go to eecu.org slash high-yield and open your CD in under five minutes. Wow. What'd you call them? EECU? <laughs> That's right. They've been helping Texans grow their savings for over 85 years. You can't go wrong with EECU and a 5.5% APY, but hurry, go to EECU.org slash high yield today because it's a limited time offer. Thanks for the tip. Hey, uh, you don't know any good fishing spots, do you? Federally insured by NCUA. APY is annual percentage yield. $2,500 minimum deposit required from an external source. Membership requirements apply. For additional terms and conditions, call 800-333-9934. Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. It is Matt Mosley, the Matt Mosley Show. And a man who's getting ready to, to maybe go watch a movie with his family, holiday fair, who knows what they'll go see. Maybe it's one of the, maybe it's, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see. Uh, it is a uh, Kevin Longquist on three sports covers SMU covered Baylor for a long time. Always loved getting his take on Baylor recruiting as well as Baylor staff hires. In fact, his alma mater, the Bears just went and took 
uh, one of the uh, staff members there at uh, SMU from the Hilltop. But, uh, Kevin, congrats, by the way, on uh, calling. Uh, in fact, Robbie Jones was supposed to be on our air just the other day. It was, but uh, Alito wins another state title. And Kevin has been on the broadcast for a while, but, boy, he's officially become the voice of the Bearcats. He now does play-by-play. Um, Kevin, that had to be a thrill to be on that game. It was. Um, you know, when you uh, have an opera, this is, I just finished my 18th season with Alito uh, and my first full year to do them play-by-play. I've done some games here and there when Jeff Williams, our former voice, uh, had conflicts uh, with TCU basketball, that sort of thing. But yes, uh, this was a great honor to do this. And what was fun about it was the fact that I got to see this Alito team a little bit differently in the championship game because they fell behind and they had to find a way to figure that out. And Matt, I had a stat going into that game for the duration of the season that they had trailed for a total of 14 minutes and 26 seconds all year before they fell behind it, before they were trailing for the first quarter plus against Smithson Valley. And of course we all know that uh, they spotted them an eight point lead and they wound up winning 51 to eight. I've seen a lot of great Alito teams. Of course, I've seen 11 of these 12 uh, state championships, which is of course, is a Texas record, and I would say that this team is right up there with the 2013 team that was probably maybe the most dominant team because that was the one that scored a thousand points that season. Yeah, and I just noticed that the program director of that radio station that has Alito uh, football, Mark Phillips, was an old radio buddy of mine from my days yeah. at ESPN Central Texas, and we crossed paths. A lot, so that's pretty cool. And that quarterback, of course, was the kid I wanted Baylor to go after. They eventually did. They were a little bit late to the party. Hoss Haney now will go to TCU. And uh, I do think that is one, Kevin. Uh, you, you don't have to tip your hat to me very often, but I do think that's probably one of the few times Mosley's tried to give you an early tip <laughs> on a kid and you were a little hesitant to jump on board. I now think you have uh, jump in, jumped in head first. Uh, yeah, I did. In fact, it was fun because over the last couple of years, I got to know Haas pretty well. And uh, I have a podcast at a local uh eatery uh every monday night uh, or at least we had through the football season and i had hoss on about four or five times during the season and it was fun just getting to know him that way a little bit more without him wearing shoulder pads after a game or a post-game interview or something mm-hmm. like that and then just kind of understanding him a little bit more and i think he understands the gravity of what's about to face him because he's going to be enrolling at tcu in january just like just everybody else on that class alito had seven kids sign either with Power 5 schools, Division One schools at the FCS level, like your uh, Stephen F. Austin's, and then uh, one at the JUCO level. So that's a pretty impressive yeah. class for them to have that. And so, you know, but for Haas, I, I think for him it's going to be an important spring for him just to understand what's going to be expected about playing quarterback yeah. because that position is going to be really fluid there for Sonny Dykes' program. Um, it sounds like they do like Josh Hoover, but, of course, they also got another kid in there, I think. And so – but it's a but I think for all these kids now who are going to be enrolling in January for spring football is don't assume that you're going to try and compete for the starting job. What you need to do is make sure that you understand yeah. how the business of college football goes before you actually set your precedent in there and then try to make your mark. And then once you can survive those first couple of months, then you can be a better football player in your time there at, at your school that you go to. 
Okay, you followed Baylor for a long time. Um, I asked you the other day in preparation for a big visit to just take a peek at the class, um, and I I think you have. Now, Daquan Finn comes in as a transfer from Toledo. Huge numbers. He and Sawyer Robertson will get it on for the starting spot. They bring in Nate Bennett, an interesting quarterback out of – out of the Los Angeles area, whose uh, parents went to Baylor, has a family history there. We'll see, you know, how that goes. I think on paper, and of course, according to On Three and your old place rivals, probably not one of the greatest classes numbers-wise the Bears have had. They've had 15 sign, but like always, I think they're very happy with some of the players they brought in. What struck? What kind of grabs your attention? about this class. I, I tell you one thing I did like, man, get me a Lorena kid. Get me a local. One, one of the things that's happened in recent years is they've they've not they've not kind of protected their home territory all that well and they and they've lost their grip on on southern Dallas County. And that they've tried to solve that by hiring Keenan Hall, the SMU running backs coach. But give me your overall view of this Baylor class. Well, obviously, you know, the fact that they held on to Jaden Porter, who was actually their first commitment for that 2024 class, uh, because he committed to them, I think, way back in 2022, Matt, uh, that's good that they held on to him. Very talented wide receiver. I've always been a big fan of their running back in Joseph Dodds. Uh, He he committed to them right before I left. And, of course, they hung on to Mason Dawson, who is also another Baylor legacy. So that's good. you know the the two the two guys that really hurt. And we talked about Brendan Booker a couple of weeks ago uh, when I was on last about the linebacker from DeSoto who wound up switching to Stanford and then wound up signing with SMU. That hurt at the beginning of the summer for them. And then you know it was ironic too because I had Bo Tate uh, as the last Baylor commit that I ever covered here, the kid out of uh, Utah. And then it was unfortunate to see him switch to Stanford. But overall, I think you know for Baylor's perspective where they're at, um, it's it's kind of where I thought this class was headed anyway, barring anything major that they've been able to secure from the high school or JUCO ranks. You kind of do the best you can when you get that stage in it because you're kind of locked in and there's not very much to, there's really nowhere to go up. You can only go down. And unfortunately, they did. But I think just getting guys like those two guys and the Chris Wolkema, um, you know, him, I think is important for that. I've always liked Chris as a safety. So I think he's a guy that can develop into somebody pretty solid for them. And then to your point about the transfers, I, I think it's going to be interesting for Baylor as far as their quarterbacking situation is concerned uh, with Daquan Finn out of Toledo. Big numbers, of course, what, what he did with that uh, MAC program there. And some people have felt, and I've read some tweets, of some people believe that he's really going to be the one that if he doesn't win the starting job over Sawyer Robertson, that would be shocking if that didn't turn out to be the case. Um, I, I will say this, just little snippets that I heard here and there, nothing of great great value Matt. but one thing i did hear is that it, it sounded like baylor's nil program for football, which is really kind of in shambles at about the time i left kind of got 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 itself together toward the latter half and i always said about their nil program i said it's probably not going to make a huge deal from the high school recruiting class for 2024 but it can probably help in terms of the portal for 2024 and then perhaps really be in better position for 2025 on the high school level yeah, 
I, 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 that's an interesting point. I think 2025, they've already made some inroads and they're, and they're doing some interesting things with that class. And I, I think the NIL, the money's going to be up. Uh, I don't know, you know, Baylor doesn't put out their exact numbers, but I do think right. it's going to be up and, and, uh, and quite a bit, like they're going to double the amount, uh, that'll be with football. So I think that I is, think Matt, I think the, and I'm sorry to interrupt you. I think the one lesson to be learned from the NIL is don't just be running around waving your hands with wads of cash and saying, we can get you here, we can get you here. It, it's, it's basically uh, scrutinized shopping. You want to look for the right fit and for the right guy that's going to be worthy of the dollars you're going to spend on him. And that, is, that even goes for the, uh, the, the, the women's sports as well. But for football, you just don't want to go after spending money to just go spend it. You want to spend it wisely. And I think that's one of the things that we've learned over the last few years. I mean, I, that's one thing that I've really gotten to understand a little bit more about SMU's two um, NIL collectives, where they've been really, really shrewd about the guys that they've gone after and what they want to do and what the, how they want to secure those guys. But they also don't want to just go chase to chase. That's, that's not the way to do it. And I'm not yeah. saying it only from an SMU point of view, but that has to be the kind of the rule of thumb for all these schools that are going to be heavily invested with NIL. Is uh, did Keenan Hall? How many of those running backs that you, they uh, SMU brought in? They got some guys in the portal, obviously that didn't work out, like some four and five star types that either went to Alabama or other uh, big time places. End up back home at SMU. Tell me, uh, how much of an impact did Keenan Hall have at SMU, and how much do you think he could help the Bears? Well, I think he did a great job managing the room because the one thing about SMU's running game this year, Matt, was that they didn't have to rely on one guy to carry the load for them. I mean, they really distributed the majority of the carries between L.J. Johnson, the Texas A&M transfer, Kamar Wheaton, who was already there, but he was a transfer from Alabama. Then Jalen Knighton, who everyone calls Rooster, but he, he's a Miami kid, so Rhett Lashley knew him. And so the, the way – and Knighton was really huge for them uh, in the last two games, especially in the AAC championship game against uh, Tulane down in New Orleans. But the way those three guys were used – I mean, and L.J. Johnson going back – and he was really big in the big win at Memphis uh, back in earlier November. And the interesting thing about what Keenan did was that whatever back was going to be the primary back of use going into that game – that they, that they could adjust their style to. Because LJ's more of a north-south guy. Rooster is kind of a guy that will go, you know, will bounce off of, you know, if a hole is closed, and he can kind of go through, he can hit the, you know, those stretch plays, that sort of thing. And Kamar's kind of the same way like Knighton, maybe not as big, but they were very productive, whichever the case may be. And that was the one thing about SMU's offense. They're, the running game averaged about off the top of my head. I just looked at it the other day. I think it was like 180, 185 yards per game. So it balanced out their passing game. And as far as what Keenan can do for Baylor's running game, I think it's just a matter of making sure that you keep your fresh bodies and if, and making sure that the styles will fit and that the offensive line and the game plan will be a fit for whoever. I mean, obviously he's got to understand with what Jake Spavel wants to do with the running game, and that's probably what they're doing right now, is getting a feel for what can we do with the backs that are here that can make a difference and what can we do to get the most out of them? I, I think the thing that really shocked me, Matt, about Baylor's running game is, you know, just watching last year when, in 2022 when Richard Reese was so close to a 1,000-yard season and didn't hit it. He needed about, what, 75 yards the last two games 
to get there and didn't even come close to it. And then he just fell off the charts this year. I don't know if it was injury or just whatever the issues were with the offense other than the offensive line being poor. But that's a guy that I still think has something in the tank and something to give, and they've got to find a way to get him going. And I would assume uh, that, they've, that they feel like Bryson Washington can help him in some respect too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that's good. that's going to be interesting, and that is good to know about SMU's uh, running game. Uh, it's been been really strong. It's been a great year for SMU. Kevin Longquist with us. Last, I was going to bring up this lawsuit. Boy, you know I went to law school. Love a good law- holiday lawsuit. I think anytime, <laughs> if you're going to file a lawsuit, do it right before Christmas and uh, and just kind of share in the joy of the holiday season. The university alleges, um, uh, this is Florida State now, uh, against the ACC, chronic fiduciary mismanagement and bad faith in the way the ACC has handled <laughs> its multimedia rights. And, um, and then the answer came back from the ACC commissioner and the Virginia president, um, who's the chair of the ACC board of directors, the lamented Florida State's, quote, unprecedented and overreaching approach in a statement. I mean, what you have here is an angry school. You, you, have, you have a sense of entitlement because for years, Florida State was one of the big bad bullies of college football, and they win in 13 games. They go 13-0, don't get in. So they're, they're angry about that combined and so they got to have somebody to blame it on and you can only do so much tweeting against kirk herb street and espn right you can't really (laughs) sue kirk herb street so they've now turned to the acc kevin um to me this is you know you got to settle in for a long legal fight what will happen at the end of it if they truly are going to go the 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 ACC will work out some type of settlement, but I I think we're pretty uh, pretty that'll be a pretty uh, good way down the ro- uh, you know down the road. Yeah, and I think the fact that the ACC actually filed the suit yesterday, which was to me more of the bombshell than what Florida State did today with their you know smoke filled room of board of trustees who were tone deaf to everything. Uh, I think everyone still this I, I equate this match to basically like a three week tantrum that Florida State's been on because of the fact that they got snubbed from the college football playoff, okay? And I think that's really what the – this has just been absolutely – I'm going to just say it, and everyone's going to say, well, he's an SMU guy, and and his program just got into the ACC. And I'm not going to deny any of that, but if you just look at it from a 10,000-foot level, this is nothing but Florida State throwing this tantrum. This is the first time they've had a great season, pretty much going back to the Jameis Winston year when they got to the – playoffs and i think that initial year in 2013 maybe it's 2013 or whatever and then they got drilled by oregon and and so i i think you know they're gonna have to the, the funny thing about all this is that the grant of rights when they're when you listen to them today or read the or read notes or whatever it was you were reading on social media or whatnot they acted like they had never seen this thing about the grant of rights so they were totally blindsided and i'm like you cannot claim ignorance for something that you absolutely signed on to or and that sort of thing. And I'm telling you right now, this $572 million, which they acknowledge that they would probably have to pay, and if I'm the ACC, I would hold them and say, saying, what's your best offer for us to leave? I'd say $572 million because then you because that, what that does is that that's essentially at least twice 
the value of what Florida State's athletic department budget is, okay? And then you'd be asking, really, to some extent, if you're not going to go uh, into any other funds uh, to go, you know, to pay for any kind of exit fee, if you are granted that, you're going to be asking Florida taxpayers to help pay your exit fee from the ACC. And keep in mind, you've got a school down in Gainesville who pretty much hates you, and those uh, state residents uh, who are who are Florida fans saying, "Really, I don't really want to pay for this." So this is where you get into this Pandora's boxing. I think it's going to be harder than what Florida State really thinks it's going to be. Does that mean they're going to leave? Who knows? I, I think we've got so many twists and turns here. But I think the fact that it sounds like to me that the ACC is going to dig in on this and make it as hard on Florida State as possible. You know, the other thing I would say to this to Florida State is that they have to understand, too, that if they were to think that they could go to either the Big Ten, because I don't think they'll ever go to the SEC or the SEC would take them, to be honest with you. But if they went to the Big Ten or the Big 12, because I know that's been thrown out there, it doesn't mean that they're going to be it doesn't mean that they're going to have an automatic ticket to get to the playoffs. And let's keep in mind too, that playoff is going to open up to 12 teams next year. So here's, here's the moral of the story for Florida state. Don't have your starting quarterback get hurt against Northern Alabama. Why did he even play in that game to be, let's start with that. Yeah, it comes back to that. And uh, I think what you're saying is correct. Of what did you call it? Like a three week tantrum, and um, and and by the way, these people, even these people in bow ties or whatever they wear in these upper rooms, they can throw some tantrums with the best. And uh, uh, and by the way, these boards love to get involved, don't they? My goodness, oh. I mean, I, um, I, uh, it's uh, it like Houston. What's his name at Houston? Dana thought he was safe, didn't he? And all it took yeah. was one board member to say, "Ah, oh, sorry, Dana, we're going to move on." It took one board member, um, and it just that board member happens to have all the money. I mean, yeah. and um, it's uh, fascinating how all this works. But I'll, I'll, make uh, one, you know. I'll make one other. I'll make one other point on this, Matt. Too is that if you think about the playoff and the NY six stuff, you know, because my alma mater SMU pretty much got the same shaft that Florida did, or Florida State did, because after they beat Tulane in the AEC title game, there was a lot of expectations that they were going to get the NY six bowl bid. Okay. And then they get passed over for Liberty. So now they got to go to the Fenway Bowl to play Boston College uh, next Wednesday, the 28th, out in Fenway Park. And, yeah, there was disappointment. But I think from SMU's point of view, and, of course, there's a lot of unbridled, a lot of unbridled excitement because it's the first conference championship since 1984. But I also think, too, they looked at this and said this is still an opportunity because they're going into the AAC – or, excuse me, ACC – next year and they're going to be playing a future opponent who's actually going to be on their schedule in 2024 in the Eagles. So it's kind of like, if you will, a dress rehearsal and there's a lot of eyes, maybe not from Florida state, but there's going to be a lot of eyes watching them in that that game. And so there's some pressure for them to maybe win that game. There's nothing like scoring a touchdown and then running into the green monster. There's just really cold. (laughs) (laughs) somebody asked me by the way matt somebody asked me because what kind of activities are the teams going to have up there uh for uh you know because you know you get up there like three because smu's going up to boston uh on christmas eve so sunday and and i said well they always have i said if you check the bowl website they probably have the list of activities and i said i said i really don't know what they're going to be doing i said maybe the two teams are going to be playing ring around the pesky pole i don't even know and so that's (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what movie are you taking the family to see now? 
Well, that hasn't been determined yet, but I'm looking oh, okay. for Napoleon, and so I don't know if I'm going to get shot down because I'm the history uh. buff, and I'm going with two Razorbacks and a Crimson Tide. Uh, so you you tell me how you think how that's going to score in this family. I, well, I saw Napoleon. Uh, you know, make sure you hit the restroom beforehand and pack pack a lunch. I mean, it's a <laughs> it's it's an all day sucker, and uh, and you'll love all the French. Uh, the you know they they have they got great English. They speak perfect English. Okay, you you have an army of the French. They don't speak a word of French. All right. Uh, y'all have a good one, and uh, and uh, Merry Christmas to the Longquist family. Merry Christmas to you, Matt, and the Mosley family, and uh, always good to catch up with you, my man. Be good, okay? You bet. There he goes, Kevin Longquist, and all points in between. All right, Derek Smith is set to join us at 4. We got Baylor basketball tonight. We'll be uh, getting you ready for pregame. Uh, hits at about 5.30. And uh, But next, we have some NFL blitz package for you. That is next. Go Cowboys! This is Dallas Cowboys football 2023. Second and goal. Snap to Prescott. Only heard here. Looks left. Slant! Gallup! All season. Touchdown! That was right now. Sunday afternoon, it's your Cowboys and the Miami Dolphins. Live from Hard Rock Stadium on this Dallas Cowboys radio network station. It's the Cowboys and the Dolphins, Sunday starting with the pregame at 2 here on ESPN Central Texas. Well, it's that time again, the most wonderful time of the year. And just like most of us, the foundation doctors thinking about home and family. Hey, Dad. Hi, Jay. What you working on? I'm building a gingerbread house. That's cool. Why's the door so crooked? And why is your chimney leaning like that? I guess my house needs the foundation, Doctor. (laughs) You're such a goofy kid. Is your house starting to look like a Pinterest project gone wrong? Are you worried about the jolly old fat man making it down your crooked chimney? Then you need to call the doctor. We'll get you back on level in no time. Give us a call today at 863-8800 or look us up on the web at INeedTheDoctor.com. From all of us at the Foundation Doctor, we wish you the merriest of Christmases and a very blessed New Year. The Foundation Doctors, just like old Santa Claus, just like old Santa, we make house calls. Hi, my name is Amanda Cunningham. I am a local realtor that has a passion for people. I've helped clients buy and sell over 80 homes in 2019 and would love to help you buy or sell that perfect home. You deserve to get top dollar for your home. Listing with an experienced agent that specializes in not only promoting your home, but helping you get your home buyer ready is key. I have a team of people around me that make what I do each day possible. If you're searching for that perfect home, your experience should be pleasant and stress-free. Call me today. I want to meet you. 254-495-0338. Google Amanda Cunningham Realtor with Colwell Banker Apex to find my website, Facebook, and more. Waco Jewelers has exciting news. Our 75% off sale event is back. Yes, you heard it right. 75% off almost everything in the store. Get huge savings on GIA certified diamonds, beautiful wedding rings, and wedding bands. Be sure to view our exclusive bridal selection from Gabriel and Company, New York. Each piece a work of art. Plus, no interest financing available and trade-ins are welcome. And we'll see you here at Waco Jewelers. Under the spinning diamond. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. 
1424 Bistro, located in downtown Waco, has been serving Central Texas for over 20 years. 1424 Bistro, the restaurant that helped create the fine dining experience Waco is best known for. 1424 Bistro provides a unique and fine dining experience so many Wacoans have known and loved for many, many years. 1424 Bistro is dedicated to providing exquisite dishes that are fresh, hearty, and simply unforgettable. Waco's home for good food, wine, and conversation. From fresh seafood, steaks, lamb, to chicken piccata, and of course, let's not forget about some of their incredible appetizers like flaming cheese and calamari, and finish off with their white chocolate bread pudding or creme brulee. Come enjoy dinner at 1424 Bistro in downtown Waco on 1424 Washington Avenue. Come enjoy tonight. The importance of a good set of tires on your vehicle is key for safe and efficient travel. Texas weather can drastically affect the condition of your tires. Make sure your family is safe no matter what the conditions bring. At Gish's Complete Car Care Center, they carry and service all major tire brands. Yokohama, Michelin, Goodrich, and more. Let their team of seasoned professional service technicians service your vehicle today. Also, take advantage of their easy and efficient drive-up canopy and complimentary shuttle service to get you where you need to go until they get you rolling great again. Kish's Complete Car Care Service, where keeping you safe is their business. Kish's Complete Car Care Center, located at 5300 Franklin Avenue in Waco and CompleteCarCareCenter.com. Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. All right, Derek Smith coming up next. He'll talk about the Baylor women's team as they went out, had a nice little two-game run, West Palm Beach, and uh, Derek's come back in, got a good tan. Uh, he's uh, he's ready to go and uh, ready to visit with us uh, on the Matt Mosley Show. That'll be in about 10 minutes, but you hear the music. You know what that means. It's time to talk about the NFL. We did have a game last night. We're preparing for the Cowboys to play in Miami. Uh, Another chance to get a road win and bounce back from one of the worst performances of the season against the Buffalo Bills. Aaron Sexton, what do you have for us today, sir? We will start with the Cowboys and the Dolphins game coming up. And uh, look at some of the injuries going into that game. The Dolphins look like they're going to be almost fully healthy. Looks like Raheem Mostert and Tyreek Hill, who were both on yesterday's injury report, are good to go. Same with rookie running back Devon Devon, uh, Achan, who was limited yesterday with a toe injury. The news not so good for the Cowboys as today's practice report indicates that Jonathan Hankins and Tyron Smith both did not practice, meaning they are both questionable for Sunday's game. Wow. Um, That is interesting. And um, we know uh, what the Cowboys looked like with two players out last week. 
Say that one more time, Aaron, the, the Cowboys uh, players that didn't practice for everybody. Hankins and Tyron Smith. Yep. Tyron, they've been kind of managing during the week at times this year. So he's actually we'll listed s- as doubtful after today's, uh, on today's injury report. Man, that is that is a rough one. And Hankins yeah. is listed as out. Sorry, I just noticed that. Yeah. So he okay. definitely won't be playing. And it's looking not good yeah. for Tyron Smith. I mean, obviously, Mozzie Smith, the rookie, didn't play all that great last week against the Bills. And, I mean, these are two big-time players and starters. You're starting left tackle. You go on the road, and you're not going to have him, uh, most likely. And so these are not great. Uh, this is not great news on the road uh, for the Cowboys. And then, Aaron, as you said, the uh, uh, Dolphins getting very healthy. And I would imagine even with the high-flying nature of this offense, Aaron, what do you do if you're an opposing team and the Cowboys come into your stadium? What do you do? You you run the rock. You pound the rock. You got to run it and run it and run it. And uh, Chan, as you uh, as you you've talked about, he's shown spurts. Uh, our man uh, Mosert. He's been, you know, great at, uh, at, at various places in his career, and uh, he's put up huge numbers. I remember him with the Niners, but now he's with the Dolphins, and he's putting up nice numbers, and he's healthy. That is a problem. Oh, and Tyreek. Tyreek was kind of, eh, one of those games recently here, and you remember he couldn't quite, like they desperately needed him at the end of the game. And he was over on the sideline. Then he kind of went out there, but he was not himself. He wasn't Cheetah. All right? He was a wounded Cheetah. But now they think he's doing a lot better. And so as Aaron reports, a full practice today. As the Cowboys get it on on Christmas Eve. Man, won't that be fun? Christmas Eve football. Cowboys and Dolphins. And then we got Christmas Day football to go along with our full complement of basketball. It is going to be a blast. Indiana, Indianapolis Colts wide receiver Michael Pittman Jr. doesn't remember the illegal hit by Steelers safety DeMonte KZ that knocked him out of last week's game with a concussion. He said, quote, I never honestly, honestly never saw him coming. I was diving, I caught it, and then all of a sudden I woke up and there's people looking down at me. Pittman cleared the least concussion protocol today. He's still listed as questionable, though, for Sunday's game against the Falcons because of a shoulder issue. But good to yeah. see he's coming back from that hit. It was a nasty hit. Yeah. Well, I think when you get something that bad, even if you're cleared on the concussion protocol and you've basically been knocked out, it sounds like he doesn't even remember the hit. I mean, I, you know, I, I think you've got to do right by your player. And they can list it as a shoulder or whatever, but they need to protect the young man's brain moving forward. Aaron, did you have this, uh, did you have the uh, the Patriots? <laughs> the flight kicking game, ball? too? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. You have that one. Okay, I'm very interested in that story. New England Patriots coach. Uh, Bill Belichick said kicking footballs used in the first half of Sunday's 27-17 loss to the Chiefs were, quote, underinflated by two, two and a half pounds, and he deferred to the NFL as to why that was the case for both teams. 
He said, quote, we didn't we don't have anything to do with it. Were we aware of it? Yeah, definitely. As I understand it. They were all the same. I don't know what the explanation is. It was the same for both teams. MassLive.com first reported on the underinflated kicking football. Per league rules, kicking footballs are supposed to be between 12 and a half and 13 and a half pounds per square inch, with officials in charge of ensuring that is the case as they are in possession of all the footballs leading up to the game. So nobody knows how these got underinflated yeah. just like last time. Of course, well, it's not the Patriots being accused this time. Yeah, and Aaron, I mean, we kind of laugh about it now, but you remember that was a huge, it was a huge story. Deal. And, like, Tom Brady got suspended for four games, and they got fined a million dollars. I mean, it was a big deal back in the day, and they, they decided that Brady kind of oversaw, you know, uh, having those balls now they they now have protocol where the officials look over that in every possible way um aaron butker as you noted the kansas city kicker missed one from 39 and new england's chad ryland missed one from 41 in the first half and um i do i do like Aaron. they said in the story that Ryland, who's endured a challenging rookie season because he's only got 13 of 20 on his field goal attempts, appeared to be notably frustrated in the locker room after the game. <laughs> Butker, on the other hand, just said that he the officials informed him at halftime the balls were a little deflated and they just let me know they pumped them up. He described the process as nothing new and kind of routine. All right, so uh, very, very interesting, and it does bring back memories of that, uh, the uh, inflate gate, and uh, that was for the AFC championship game against the Indianapolis Colts, January 18th, 2015. If I remember correctly, it was an old uh, guy used to cover the Colts named Bob Kravitz who first broke that story. It became a huge story. And I think, Aaron, our, our buddy Chris Mortensen got involved in that one. And, and maybe whatever he wrote, I remember, was, was he became enemy public enemy number one among Patriots fans, demanding uh, everybody's always mad at ESPN. And that was another time that I recall. All right, Aaron, you think we need to go? Oh, yeah. yeah. All right, all right. Derek Smith, the uh, who who does the Baylor women's basketball, is going to join us next. The flagship station for Baylor basketball is ESPN Central Texas. It's 9:30 on a Saturday night. You're at the ballpark getting hot dogs for the kids, and your debit card doesn't work. Lucky for you, Central National Bank's after-hours service is ready to help you get out of all kinds of ninth-inning jams. Just contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a local person who can answer questions and fix problems. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. In Waco, Texas, we love the holiday season. At home, at work, or out with family and friends. It's simply a special time. 
from all of us at Jeff Hunter Toyota. We're wishing you a wonderful holiday season. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Jeff Hunter Toyota. Toyota quality. Waco values. Don't miss the year-end inventory sale happening now at Lone Star Structures. Save big on in-stock storage sheds, ready-to-move-in cabins, greenhouses, chicken tractors, dog kennels, porch swings, and gliders. Conveniently shop online at LoneStarStructures.com. Lone Star Structures is family-owned, and their skilled craftsmen have been building top-notch storage sheds for more than 26 years. Stop by their location at the I-35 Midway Drive exit in Temple or Highway 77 in Lot. Call Lone Star Structures at 254-773-5400. Hurry in, sale in soon. Since 1975, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop has been serving their one-of-a-kind sandwiches, soups, and salads to hungry Central Texans. They start early in the morning baking their homemade artisan bread. The sandwiches are oven-toasted, giving the bread a crunchy crust covering and a soft and dry, airy center. Ask for everyone's favorite, the Schmaltz. A combination of three cheeses, three meats, and all the fixins. They welcome phone-in orders at their Town West or Downtown locations. Waco Born and Bread, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop. Sunday afternoon. It's your Cowboys and the Miami Dolphins, live from Hard Rock Stadium on this Dallas Cowboys radio network station. Hi, my name is Amanda Cunningham. I am a local realtor that has a passion for people. I've helped clients buy and sell over 80 homes in 2019 and would love to help you buy or sell that perfect home. You deserve to get top dollar for your home. Listing with an experienced agent that specializes in not only promoting your home, but helping you get your home buyer ready is key. I have a team of people around me that make what I do each day possible. If you're searching for that perfect home, your experience should be pleasant and stress-free. Call me today. I want to meet you. 254-495-0338. Google Amanda Cunningham Realtor with Colwell Banker Apex to find my website, Facebook, and more. Since 1943, Pioneer Steel and Pipe has been the number one provider of structural pipe ranging from one half inch to 24 inch in diameter. They can handle all your fencing needs. They also carry square tubing from one half inch to six inches for weekend warrior projects such as deer stands and ornamental iron jobs. If you need purlin, tubing, beams, weld plates, H braces, fence posts, culverts, or metal building supplies, Pioneer Steel and Pipe has the largest inventory of those products in Central Texas. Pioneer Steel and Pipe, with locations in Waco and Bryan and at PioneerBoys.com. Oh, Richard Carr, Buick, GMC, how lovely are your SUVs? Oh, Richard Carr, Buick, GMC, I love the trucks you have for me. Strong and tough with luxury, room for all my family. Oh, Richard Carr, Buick, GMC, you are the dealership for me. Holiday gift giving is now upon us at Morrison Gifts. We want to give holiday shoppers a break from the crowds. Starting now, enjoy special pricing on select items weekly through Christmas. Brands like John Hart, Consuela, Sweet Grace, and Times Candles. At Morrison's, you'll find home decor, gourmet items, bath and body, baby, and of course, Christmas decor. Let us build the perfect gift basket and remember free gift wrapping. Local delivery is available and shipping anywhere. That's Morrison Gifts at the corner of Valley Mills and Waco Drive, close to Jason's Deli. From the Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas. Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. All is Matt Mosley, the Matt Mosley Show. And uh, Derek Smith joining us now 
Oh, man, as we get ready for the holidays. And, uh, Derek, uh, welcome back. The West Palm Beach Invitational. I mean, if somebody is going to knock me off the air, Derek, I'd, I'd just as soon be at you. All right? Well, I, I think I always. That, Matt. <laughs> I appreciate your hospitality and uh, giving us that uh, airspace the last couple days. <laughs> Hoping you got was... a little well-deserved break in there. I was I was making my way around New York City, uh, and but also kind of checking in and seeing what you and Lori had going, and uh, what a what a uh, what a, that was a nice uh, two day affair for the uh, for the Bears. I mean, it looked to me I was I was trying to watch a little bit of it and get and then watch some highlights afterwards because I was kind of moving around the city. Kind of an interesting venue, a smaller somewhat intimate gathering there it seemed like uh where they were playing some of those games but uh Baylor made themselves right at home I mean Derek this team hadn't been in a lot of close games have they I mean 11 and 0 great start um but I mean it's going to be interesting when they show up in Austin because it's it's not like they've had a lot of like you know one or two possession type games this season well, that's true, and you know, you look. I think the the Utah game that was one that was relatively close, even in yes. the, uh, the fourth quarter. And of course, Baylor won that game. And really, aside from that, um, they they've pretty much drubbed everyone else. They have one of the top uh, scoring margins in the uh, scoring differentials in the country right now, which is a good thing. Obviously, they're going to you know, I think in the Big Twelve, that's going to. Uh, regress a little bit because just the big 12 is so good you start off with texas as as you said i'm encouraged though because i think they've shown some some toughness this past week the games weren't close but they had to deal with a a couple of starters being down and they handled uh that well and then of course darion little page bugs came back and and had a big game they've been improving defensively and i think they've been doing some things that are hopefully positives when the games uh, when the games do tighten up here uh, over the course of the next few weeks, the mask uh, bugs came out in the mask and uh, did, boy played. I don't know what it did if it just freed her up. Sometimes uh, injuries or illness will uh, players respond to it. I mean, she was dominant in that first game back since the broken nose. Um, Derek, what is going on with Asia Blackwell? Misses two of those games. I said the other day, anytime she's out based on last season, you can't help but kind of have a little more feeling of like, "Uh uh-oh, what's going on here? Uh, Is is this fairly just kind of getting her ready for conference, or what do we we know about that situation? Well, you may recall last year that uh, players have the option not to disclose, have their injuries disclosed. Is this um, and a similar that deal? Kind of thing last year, it's kind of the same thing as, as last year. Uh, was I think you and I even talked about this last year on the the program that you don't have yeah. to disclose. I would say that you know you can remember this though. She played a little bit on Saturday against Miami. I think the team has a lot of depth. You know, the team does have a lot of depth, mm-hmm. and so whatever's there, you don't have to really rush it right now. I think they got to uh, take care of the the depth, and the team is uh, saying it's a foot injury. And uh, she's been around her teammates. She's been active, and there's an opportunity. She played last Saturday against Miami, but uh, they were able to test the depth a little bit these last couple of games. And, you know, we should know more once we, we, we get back from Christmas here. 
All right, what stood out to you the most in these? Uh, by the way, why don't all players do that? I'm, you know how coaches love a high, you know, not talking about injuries. I'm surprised you don't have more coaches say, okay, check that box where we can't talk about any of your injuries. Uh, the only thing is in Asia last year, it ended up causing more issues in some sense because they were constantly being asked about it, couldn't give an answer, and so I think it became a little awkward for everybody. I think Asia finally addressed it. But um, of the other players, I mean, as they uh, these guards interest me. You know, uh, Yaya, for instance, she does some kind of rare things, Derek, to my eye. We we see great passing. We've had great pa- you know passers at Baylor. But, man, some of the stuff she does in traffic, some of the things she sees, I find myself when I'm talking to Nikki almost basically begging her to play Yaya even more. And it's hard to find minutes. I mean, you know, I think that Fritz is a nice player. She can't even get her on the floor. I mean, she barely gets on the floor any. So, I mean, it's it's really interesting to see. But the depth of this team, uh, even with some of these injuries, is showing up big time. What do you think about Yaya, just her game? I mean, I to me, it just seems like somebody who, uh, I mean, extremely fun to watch. And and I'm sure there are some things she does that frustrates Coach. But, wow, I mean, some of the passing is uh, is kind of uncommon in, uh, it, it, as far as what we've been accustomed to seeing over the years. You're right. She is – she changes the game when, when she's in there. I almost think about – you know, that speedy slot receiver that when they're in the mm-hmm. game in, in, in football, the entire defense has to account for what he can do. And I think Yaya is that same way. She just moves down the floor like she was shot out of a cannon. And you said that, the, you know, the team, the, the way she finds teammates or gets to the basket in traffic is really special. In fact, I think she's really elite at operating in traffic in tight spaces and making decisions at a high speed. You know, I think she had five assists against Providence uh, the other day, and she's averaging, uh, I think, about three assists per game. And I would say a lot of those assists are coming when she's moving at a high rate of speed, and it's the the attention that the defense is having to pay to her is what's making, uh, making the possibility for that pass or finding an open teammate that it's she is creating that opportunity for her teammates on the floor and she is um a different kind of player than than we've really had and it's certainly welcome for this team because it just adds to the versatility they have when you've got someone who can kick it to a post player down low who can finish at the rim or we've got a lot of good three-point shooters if they collapse on her she's good at kicking it back out there and, and finding an open teammate so she just um the, the, her impact on the floor is a lot bigger than just uh, any numbers you see from her. All right, Derek Smith on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas, calls these uh, Baylor women's games and has been out there, saw them against South Florida, and take a 37-17 halftime lead. Uh, I, Bella Fontleroy getting the start she has been a spark plug in the past and one of the best uh, six women in the the conference uh last year uh what did you what you, i mean it, it's always interesting isn't it when you see someone who's not used to starting get that starting role what did you see from from bella because it's again that you have to almost change 
your mental approach a little bit? Did she, was it pretty natural? Did it seem a little strange uh, to your eye? How did that go over? I'd say it went really well. Bella is someone I think well-suited to that because if you talk to her, she seems uh, more mature than her uh, 20 years of, uh, of age. She's just someone who I think uh, naturally grasps uh, her, the, the impact she can have in different uh, places for the team. And I think that allows her to adapt more easily than, than some players might. I mean, not every player handles those transitions well. As you're talking about, it can be challenging, but, but she handles it well. She doesn't really change her game. You know, she's down there taking charges. She's trying to get to the corner where she's really dead at three. Um, she, she, she's able to battle in the paint. And I think she just doesn't look too hard for her shot, but she's not afraid to take the shot when it's there. And that seems to be the case both coming off of the bench or, or when she's, she's starting. And she's certainly sparked the Bears off the bench several times this year. But uh, as long as that opportunity starts there, I feel like she's going to handle it well. All right, I noticed they were uh, Asia was uh, being mentioned as the new creative intern for the Bears. And so I guess mm-hmm. she got out there and, and uh, shot some video yeah. and, and that did, did she get the broadcasters involved at all? Did she uh, No, I did, wish she had. She didn't come looking at us, but Asia's personality plus. So I'm not uh, not, not not surprised that uh, you get get the camera in her hands and she's got to get some funny funny things out of her teammates. What what is uh, what's the Christmas season like out at West Palm Beach, Florida? Is it uh, was there a chill in the air? Was it nice? Was it balmy? Did you make it out to the beach and and did you come back with at least a, the hint of a of a tan? Man, Matt, I don't know that I got a uh, a tan out there, but we were we were near the water and it was we had one really nice day, which was nice because that was our uh, our down day. And I'd say by really nice, we had sunny and. About 70. Uh, it got cloudy and windy the last couple of days. It felt like that's what winter is like rolling in there. And the waves were, were pretty high and they were uh, they were nice to see. But, you know, I'm from I'm from Indiana, so I'm used to the cold. So for me, being in a location with palm trees and uh, and surf and sun was a little bit different, but uh, not all bad either. Not all bad. It was really nice. And uh, it was kind of fun seeing what what Christmas is like in South Florida. Did you grow up a Hoosiers fan? Were you a Bobby Knight kid, or did you lean toward Katie? What, uh, what, uh, which, which way did you lean growing up there in Indiana? Because obviously you had to have a team. Sure. Well, you know, I actually, growing up as a kid, I was more of a pro sports fan at first. And so I would say I leaned, uh, leaned Indiana Hoosiers, although I kind of have that pride in a lot of the Indiana schools that – a lot of people who move away do when Purdue does well, or, you know, you think about like Valparaiso where Scott Drew was, uh, you know, you'll see Evansville or Indiana state flash every now and again, ball state. So I leaned Indiana, but I wouldn't say it was particularly strong. And I think we even, you know, we had family members who I was a kid, Bobby Knight was larger than life Indiana in Indiana, as you know, but with family members who saw some things that eventually had noticed some things that they would talk to me about as a kid, and some of those things eventually led to his downfall in Bloomington. So he was a legend yeah. and larger than life, but he was never quite the idol to to me anyway that he was to a lot of the state. Yep, you were probably a little kid when Keith Smart hit that shot, right? I mean, yeah, you were... I would have been about six or seven years old. <laughs> yeah, but you grow up hearing about it. You yeah. grow up hearing about it in the perfect team. Yep. But I mean, yeah. Scott Drew, I remember Scott Drew and Bryce Drew when I was in high school, so I was excited coming here as a student that, uh, that, that, that he was here. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, the Bears now have, uh, you know, they got to get ready for, I mean, that's going to be fun opening the pavilion. We got a lot of foster forward talk and how to get everybody in there. Um, I mean, I, I I missed the tour the other day. I was kind of excited and something came up. But uh, I, I hope that you, you know, you've kind of familiarized yourself with your perch uh, there in foster. That's going to be exciting, though, for the women on January 3rd, because while the men open it on the 2nd, the women open it with a conference game. And so, I mean, you got to kind of watch that, don't you, Derek, that you don't turn it so much into this whole scene that you forget because this is not the TCU team we've become accustomed to. This is a, a pretty deep, and, man, I, I don't know how deep they are, honestly. I just know they're starting five. They've got some players. They've got some big-time players. So um, not an easy way to open the season, but exciting, nonetheless, to uh, to get to see Foster. Have you taken a couple of tours, and, and are you starting to uh, – is excitement building with you to get into that new arena? Oh, excitement is definitely building with me. I think uh, leaving the Ferrell Center will hit me more later on because right now I'm just really excited about the new facility. I actually haven't been in there yet, but I've uh, got to get in there before too long to look at the, the radio setup and make everything sure everything's good. But as far as the team, I'm just excited because I think it's going to be a great fit. The home court advantage is going to be good. And as you said, you know, you open it up with TCU, uh, a big rival and a, and a much improved team. And then the Big 12 schedule there is going to be great. Um, it's going to be a tough challenge for the Bears this year, but I really think they're they're up to it. And I think this staff has really good, I know it's kind of a goofy buzzword, but synergy with the mm. players. And, you know, I look at this team, Matt, you know, TCU is not the TCU of old. But I also look at this Baylor team and even compare them to the last couple of years. They're a different team. In fact, I was looking, they are, Baylor is one of only two teams in the whole NCAA who is in the top 20 in both scoring offense and scoring defense. Uh, the other is South Carolina, who's number one in the nation. So this team is is getting it done at both ends. They seem focused. They seem to have the right kind of focus. And I don't even think they're as good as they're going to be. Not to say there's not going to be a, a loss or two here and there, but I'm, I'm really excited for what this team, I think, could be uh, as we get into Big 12 season. And I think to have it on the new floor at a place like the Foster Pavilion, a new look Big 12 is going to only – kind of add to that excitement, certainly for me, and I hope the uh, the fans as well. All right. I hope you like your vantage point. I mean, you're not the kind of guy, you're not like me. You won't be complaining about anything. Uh, you know, you're a, you're a go-along-to-get-along guy, but it's going to be great, and you'll get to see it. I mean, at, at the, I mean just, the, just even seeing pictures right now and seeing the renderings of, like, what the court will say and – and, and some of the logos and oh, where the bear's going to go, the interlocking BU, it'll be, uh, it'll be, we, you know, we were too young to have been here for the opening of the Feral, but we've made it to the opening of the Foster Pavilion. So, Derek, let's foster it forward or whatever we're supposed to do, and uh, that'll yeah. be exciting. If you find out, like, where you're supposed to park or something, please let me know, okay? I still have not really... That delved into like the media parking i i something tells me it's like probably over at, at mclean it's like just walk across okay which by the way those walkways look pretty nice to me so i think i think that'll i'll park wherever they tell me to park i'll go wherever they they, they tell me to go too but i might try to like you know sneak in there and bring the equipment in so i don't have to carry it 
you know, like just sneak it in beforehand and then then walk on over. Yeah. Oh, you you love a good loading dock situation. Yeah, just yeah, that's right. Don't absolutely. Don't, uh, yeah, sneak mm-hmm, in, act mm-hmm. like you belong there, drop your stuff off, and get on out. <laughs> that's right. All right. Well, listen. Uh, happy holidays uh, to you guys, you and V, and y'all have a great one. And uh, look forward to uh, uh, seeing you in the new year. I hope it's a very prosperous one for you. Well, absolutely. You too, Matt. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me. Merry Christmas to to you and your family. There you go, Derek Smith. I appreciate it for the Baylor Bears and uh, the voice of the Baylor women and, of course, does Baylor baseball as well. Derek, getting us ready for uh, Baylor versus Texas uh, coming up. Oh, my gosh, that is that is looming. That's like the 30th, and then they turn around, and on the 3rd, they, uh, they host that game against TCU from Foster Pavilion. All right, we got Baylor men's basketball tonight. We got to say goodbye a little early tonight to get you ready for that one. Uh, as we uh, continue on here, though, and uh, there's a lot, there's a lot to get to. I want to get you the latest on the Cowboys and uh, Dolphins. That's coming up next. Scott Drew and the Bears on ESPN Central Texas. The Bears play their final game in the Farrell Center this Friday, hosting Mississippi Valley State. 5.30 for the countdown to tip-off. 6 p.m. tip-off Friday. Baylor Bear Basketball with Pat and John all season long here on the home of the Bears, ESPN Central Texas. Hey folks, Derek Scott here with Jim Turner Chevrolet. Thank you for a record-setting November and make a JTC your number one full-service Chevrolet store. With all of our new inventory, it's starting to look a little like Christmas. At Jim Turner Chevrolet, we also have the largest selection of certified pre-owned and in need for more. So before you spend too much, give us the opportunity to earn your business. Give us a call, 840-3261. And remember, folks, we're only a heartbeat away in McGregor. We'll treat you like family. Find new roads. Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When we say at UBO Business Services that we are the premier service provider for Ricoh, Xerox, Conic Minolta, Canon, Kisser, and Lexmark copiers and printers, we are not blowing hot air. One way we quantify our status as the best is an independent company used by millions of organizations called Net Promoter Score. It is the most consistent way to rank brand loyalty and customer service. A score of 70% or better is considered world-class. UBO score is an 86. Call Sean Hunt at 254-709-2101 or ubeo.com. Are you ready to break ground on your next commercial construction project? Founded in 1969, Barnett Contracting is your single source for preparing for your next build. Their services include excavation, utilities, civil engineering, concrete work, paving, and storm drainage. Do business with Central Texas' premier site work contractor, Barnett Contracting, where they strive for successful projects and satisfied clients. Learn more at barnettcontracting.com. 
In the market for a quality metal building? Since 1943, Pioneer Steel and Pipe have helped Central Texas residential and commercial customers with metal building design, panel options, building components, and trim options. Pioneer Steel and Pipe's residential line is energy efficient, offers low maintenance, reduces insurance payments, is impact resistant, and carries up to a 45-year limited warranty. In addition, they can help you find metal building contractors for your project. Pioneer Steel and Pipe, with locations in Waco and Bryan and at PioneerBoys.com. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. Hey, Central Texas, next time you're ready for a weekend getaway or a staycation, remember Element Waco Hotel. Element Waco Hotel offers its guests a superb combination of luxury and comfort. Uh, the rooms are big and spotless, feature an upscale modern look and feel. I should know I've stayed there. It is Matt Mosley, ESPN Central Texas. They have suites that are perfect for you to host a watch party for the upcoming big game. The Circa Kitchen serves fresh, modern, Mediterranean-inspired cuisine made with locally sourced ingredients. They have the local beer and organic wine, cocktails, open to the public seven days a week, 5 to 10 p.m., and then that heated outdoor pool and hot tub. Located 2200 North Robinson Drive, just off the famous Waco traffic circle, it is the Element Waco Hotel, and ask about our discounted rates for November and December. Don't miss the wrap-up the year sales event at Allen Samuels in Waco. As the year comes to a close, we're offering unbeatable deals on new 2023 Jeep models. This month, get 10% off MSRP on the Jeep Grand Cherokee or Grand Cherokee L. Or how about 10% off Jeep Compasses and Renegades? And if that's not enough, get 11000 off MSRP on every Jeep Gladiator Overland. That's right, plus an extra 500 to first responders and no payments for 90 days. Hurry, this inventory won't last long. Shop online or in-store today. Hi, my name is Amanda Cunningham. I am a local realtor that has a passion for people. I've helped clients buy and sell over 80 homes in 2019 and would love to help you buy or sell that perfect home. You deserve to get top dollar for your home. Listing with an experienced agent that specializes in not only promoting your home, but helping you get your home buyer ready is key. I have a team of people around me that make what I do each day possible. If you're searching for that perfect home, your experience should be pleasant and stress-free. Call me today. I want to meet you. 254-495-0338. Google Amanda Cunningham Realtor with Coldwell Banker Apex to find my website, Facebook, and more. Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. Okay, we are, uh, so you kind of know how this day is going to go. And, of course, it's holiday time, so things can be a little fluid. We're going to say goodnight at about, you know, 4.52. And, uh, and then get everybody ready for the farewell to Farrell tonight with the men playing at 6. So we'll just kind of get everybody ready. Why not? Why not? It's the holidays. It's the holidays. But that's what we're being told. We are, Aaron and I would work through the night if if uh, if called upon. But we are being asked to leave the air early. And Aaron, so be it for us to argue with that here at the holidays. <laughs> Aaron, you'll be, uh, you'll probably hang right in there and, yeah, I'll still be produce the game tonight. <laughs> so yeah, you're not going anywhere. But uh, it'll be a blowout. But it'll also allow a chance to say goodbye to the Farrell Center uh, for basketball. Of course, they're still going to use it for volleyball and, and uh, acro and tumbling and other sports. So it'll be kind of an all-purpose place. But uh, it was built for hoops, and as a hoops venue. 
it comes to a close. And maybe the women will host something there. Who knows? Uh, probably so. So it may not be final, final. But uh, but anyway, Aaron is a bartender. You would hear that every once in a while. I, there was an old Rangers coach, and we would be at spring training. And he had a little saying. He'd go, okay, I'd like a final, final drink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one more, just one more. Final, I, final. I yeah. That. Or, Aaron, you know it's bad when they start trying to talk you into, like, just a – how about just a, just a halfie? Yeah. Have a halfie. <laughs> yeah, it's like – I guess that's better than, you know, when somebody's been overserved wanting to load up. Like, asking for a halfie shows, like, some form – of self-control, although at that point, Aaron, they're probably begging, right? Because you cut them off, and then they're asking for a halfie. Yeah, it's probably not good. Um, Elko, uh, I did want to say, Aaron, on a on a on a college football note, um, about ten minutes ago, A and M, and uh, congratulations on this one. It's a four-star linebacker, Tristan Jernigan. I say that, Aaron. I'm going to make sure this isn't a kid Baylor wanted. But I think, uh, actually, this is Bama came after Jernigan really hard at the end. And the Aggies uh, were able to uh, hold on to him. Uh, They held off Bama for the longtime commit and the priority linebacker, Tristan Jernigan. And, uh, Aaron, the Aggies know how to find – they don't always know how to keep them. But they get they can get great defensive tackles over the years, and they can get great linebackers. And they and certainly they've had some really good guys in the secondary over the years. I go all the way back to Kevin Pup Smith, uh, and but but something about the wrecking crew, you always had to have great linebackers. And I think back on Dat Win, if you go way back, um, well. Golly, it just between Texas and Texas A and M, their linebacking heritage is just kind of unreal, and uh, and those wrecking crew defenses. So they're doing they're doing okay in that regard. Some of these uh, folks are starting to sprinkle in a little bit. Aaron, there was a player for Baylor that I had my eye on. I think his last name was Foster, and Texas was coming after him, and so I've been kind of trying to monitor how that whole scene was going, because you would love for them to hold on uh, to him. Longtime Baylor commit. Baylor had 15 uh, joined. Now, the I, I'll give you a little bit of NFL and the Cowboys here in a minute, but, uh, uh, I mean, just the breaking news today on ESPN, and everybody loves a good holiday lawsuit, but Florida State, basically acting like it had no choice but to file a lawsuit. The ACC has been looking to make sure, it, 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 you know, its grant of rights agreement is ironclad. The uh, Florida State will now test that in a 38-page lawsuit filed in Tallahassee. Aaron, you think that's a home court advantage? If you're Florida State... And you want to get a declaratory <laughs> judgment, you want to get it in your hometown. And that's where that's in that's the Leon County Circuit Court. Um, is it known for its quick 
cases. Court's not always, but when it comes to Florida State, I would think they could get a favorable judgment. Uh, they won't avoid the grant of rights and withdrawal fee, Aaron, because of, quote, unreasonable restraints of trade in the state of Florida and not enforceable in their entirety against Florida State. Florida State now alleging that the ACC, quote, chronic fiduciary mismanagement and bad faith in the way it handled its multimedia rights agreements. Basically, they're going back and saying when they extended those rights to 3,036, it was on the threat of ESPN saying it would not bargain, it would not negotiate in the future. And so Florida State said it was compelled, based on that, to go ahead and sign. Aaron, doesn't matter, does it, really, what you, what's based on? I mean, at the time, they believed <laughs> the threat, and they signed it. No school has ever challenged a grant of rights in court. Here we go. Here we go. Florida State will now be like the battering ram for other schools. And, Aaron, this could, this could um, you know, lead to other filings of this sort, and this could set up precedent moving forward. That is how things work in the legal community. I once went to law school. Didn't quite make it out the other side, but I was in law school for a time there in Waco. Um, the ACC officials have previously used the word Aaron ironclad, as I said, and they believe the language in the document is so rigid it would prevent schools from leaving. But no school has ever challenged this. The ACC commissioner, Jimmy Phillips, and the Virginia president, Jim Ryan, chair of the ACC board of directors, lamented Florida State's, quote, unprecedented and overreaching approach in a statement. Um, they said Florida State's decision to file action against the conference is in direct conflict with their longstanding obligations and is a clear violation of the legal commitments to the other members of the conference. Now, Aaron, who wants Florida State? Well, right now the Big Ten and SEC have acted like they're fine. SEC just welcomed in, welcomed in Oklahoma and Texas. They're about to enter. They don't want to build on that. I still think they would find uh, a way to get Florida State in there. Florida is going to not be happy and try to challenge it. A&M was the same way. Um, I, I, I have a hard time thinking they wouldn't find a home. It's too big of a brand. That leads to where is Brett Yormark in all this. And he moves quickly. He's nimble. And Aaron, would, would the Florida State be happier in a Big 12 that has all these, you know, random AAC and now the four corner schools from the, you know, from the Pac-12 coming in? I don't know. I, I mean, maybe. I mean, they they have a natural travel partner in UCF already in the Big 12. Would Florida State be attractive in football to the Big 12? Of course they would. Of course they would. It's a no-brainer. I mean, 
Aaron, would would the Florida State immediately be the big bad bully of the Big Twelve? Well, the answer is yes. Like who else? Maybe Utah. Um, I don't I don't see really anybody else. I mean, Colorado. It at one point this year looked like it was making a major move. Then they basically went into the tank and never never won another game. Like, who are the bullies next year, Aaron, of the Big 12? I mean, Utah has to be considered. And I kind of think that Arizona is moving in the right direction with that head coach. Jed Fish, uh, good coach. I mean, I even like that Dillingham at Arizona State. I think he's kind of got them moving in the right direction. Who who do you think, Aaron? I'm just thinking because TCU's only what a year removed from playing the national title game, but they had a bad season. Uh, Baylor had a bad season. Oklahoma State. I guess you could say Oklahoma State, Utah. But if Florida State somehow could come in, they would be the big bad bully. Aaron, I I think I think uh, your mark would fall all over himself trying to get Florida State into the conference. Do you think he would face any blowback? Oh, no. Would, would, you think everybody would be like, hey, bring them on? Yeah, I think any of the uh, – yes, especially Florida State. I think they're the kind of the crown jewel of the ACC. Well, some mm. people disagree with that, but I think every Big 12 school would welcome them with open arms. I would, I would try to pair them with Clemson. And then you just get monsters. You get two monster uh, programs because I, I, Clemson has become a better football brand. Florida State is lost a little bit of its luster, but obviously it's regained some of it just in the last year or so. Um, I, so Aaron, you would rather have if you had to pick, you would pick Florida State over Clemson. But mm-hmm. I, I certainly think, boy, you if you could get both of them, it would be a coup. What I'm wondering is, does does Clemson somehow join this lawsuit? Like it's all quiet on the Eastern Front. Okay, it's a little you know you know what the used to be the Western Front. But the Aaron the these ACC teams on the East Coast, who do you other than Clemson and I think you mentioned UNC, who would like to get involved with Florida State in this exit? Because somebody's going to use the cover of Florida State being the bad, the baddie. They're going to let them be the bad guys, and then they're going to run undercover, and they're going to use the cover of darkness to kind of be a part of this thing. Who do you think? Clemson, UNC, Virginia or Virginia Tech? Who am I missing? Who who are the who are the big bad? I mean, there are like seven th- schools that have been talking about wanting more of the revenue, but Clemson and Florida State are the biggest. Yeah, and I think I think if I had to guess, it, well, I don't know, North Carolina was one of the loudest schools about leaving besides you know, Florida State. They were there was more kind of smoke, if you will, about North Carolina being done and wanting to leave than Clemson even. If 
if this thing started falling apart, what your mark would – I'm just watching how he operates. He loves basketball so much. You can't help but see what Duke looked like at Madison Square Garden the other night against Baylor. They took the place over. Can you imagine, Aaron, if he made a move for UNC and Duke? If the, if the, if the conference started dis, disintegrating and you already have this unbelievable basketball conference in the Big 12, imagine adding Duke and UNC to it. My <laughs> goodness. So then you have Kansas, Baylor, Houston, Duke, UNC, and oh, by the way, throw Virginia in. That's a great basketball te- uh, a program with Bennett. Wow. Wow. Care to dream a little bit? I mean, obviously, there's already been talk about Gonzaga. That's calmed down just a little bit. But, uh, Aaron, that, those those are just monster brands. And, of course, Aaron, you know who hasn't said anything yet about this Florida State lawsuit is the team that somehow runs the ACC even though it's not in it, right? The team that runs the <laughs> ACC that does not even play football in the conference is Notre Dame. Notre Dame plays other sports in the ACC, basketball, everything else. And it seems to have as big, if not a bigger voice, than any football team in the ACC. Uh, So nothing gets done without Jack Swarbrick saying it's okay to get it done. So that'll be, uh, that will be interesting to see what Notre Dame has to say. And uh, I, is there any scenario where Notre Dame would have to join a conference? And, Aaron, I think in the past the answer has always been, yeah, yeah, maybe so. Maybe they could have to get in. But I'm hearing more and more coaches, even like Florida State here, what if Florida State decided to go independent like – Notre Dame other schools have done it over the years and that is the direction some coaches think this is going Aaron Chip Kelly who I don't always think of as being the most eloquent or interesting man he's been known as a great offensive mind but I've never thought he's like oh great quote oh let's play some Chip Kelly audio but Aaron a week or so ago or a few days ago Chip Kelly had some fascinating points about the future of college football. And and he he kind of talked about, like, what if more of these teams went independent? He had some really, really interesting things to say. But uh, today we have, the th- we have a lawsuit, and we'll see where this goes. This, th- this judgment they're seeking, I mean, I – I still think even if they get were successful, there's going to be all sorts of appeals. But Aaron, that's why they the ACC does not need to lose on this thing because they would immediately. What I think's happening here is they're trying to haul them into court to start settlement talks. Right now, the right of agreement with the exit fee and everything, Aaron, it would come out to somewhere in the neighborhood. I think I saw of like $580 million. Nobody, you're not going to do that. That's stupid. You can't do that. I mean, I, I mean like even A&M wouldn't do that. Um, 
I, I say that in jest, you, you know what they're spending to have a coach not coach, which is somewhere in the neighborhood of about $85 million or $78 million. I think what will happen is Florida State ends up leaving for somewhere in the neighborhood of they settle out with the, all the other schools and try to get out for somewhere in the neighborhood of 75 to $80 million. Now, what, what they're hoping, though, is to cause such a stink that the conference falls apart and then they don't have to pay their way out. All right, it is uh, time to say goodnight. The dismount draws near. This is ESPN Central Texas. Hey, folks, Derek Scott here with Jim Turner Chevrolet. Thank you for a record-setting November and make a JTC your number one full-service Chevrolet store. With all of our new inventory, it's starting to look a little like Christmas. At Jim Turner Chevrolet, we also have the largest selection of certified pre-owned and in need for more. So before you spend too much, give us the opportunity to earn your business. Give us a call, 840-3261. And remember, folks, we're only a heartbeat away in McGregor. We'll treat you like family. Find new roads. Make your vehicle look and run like new again at CNC Collision Center. They're your locally owned and operated location for paint and body repairs, frame straightening, spray and bed liners, and wheel alignments. CNC Collision Center offers free estimates, and they will also come to you for vehicle pickup and delivery. Have your car restored to its original beauty at CNC Collision Center, 5849 North Highway 6 in Spiegelville, at cnccollisioncenter.com, and find them on Facebook. Since 1975, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop has been serving their one-of-a-kind sandwiches, soups, and salads to hungry Central Texans. They start early in the morning baking their homemade artisan bread. The sandwiches are oven-toasted, giving the bread a crunchy crust covering and a soft and dry, airy center. Ask for everyone's favorite, the Schmaltz. Combination of three cheeses, three meats, and all the fixings. They welcome phone-in orders at their town west or downtown locations. Waco Born and Bread, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop. Right now, you can save thousands on a newer used boat at Marineland Boating Center's Christmas Clearance Sale. Why settle for ordinary gifts when you can give your family the ultimate gift? Years of happiness, bonding, and fun on the water. Our year-end sale is the best time to buy a boat at incredibly low prices as we make room for 2024. At Marineland's Christmas Clearance Sale, you can get up to $12,000 off select boats, thousands of dollars in cash back, thousands of dollars worth of free accessories, discounts on tracker merchandise, and even 6.9% APR financing or a 2000 Bass Pro gift card with a purchase of a mercury-powered nitro fishing boat. Make 2024 your best year ever by making memories that will last a lifetime on our nationally best-selling boats powered by Mercury Motors. Whether it's fishing trips on a tracker fishing boat, sunset cruises on a sun tracker pontoon, or thrilling water sports on a Tahoe sport boat propelled by powerful Mercury Motor. Make this Christmas unforgettable. Come check out Marineland Boating Center, I-35 and Loop 340. Marineland Boating Center is an authorized WRMG boat dealer. I'm Joe Kaleo. Business owners deserve financial security, and we're here to help you achieve it. Let's build a relationship and develop a financial plan that can help safeguard your business and nurture your dreams. Kaleo Wealth Management Group is a Central Texas team at UBS Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. For our client relationship summary disclosures, please visit UBS.com slash relationship summary. 
Listen to the Matt Mosley Show online at SyntechSportsFan.com. Run a winning play over knee, hip, and shoulder pain. CorioHealth's all-star team of board-certified orthopedic surgeons, Dr. Lance Ellis, Dr. Jacob Battle, use the latest minimally invasive technology, including orthopedic surgical robot, to perform total knee replacements. Whether your pain is from an old sports injury or everyday wear and tear on your joints, CorioHealth Orthopedics can help make the play. Call today, 54483-KNEE. That's 254 It's 9.30 on a Saturday night. You're at the ballpark getting hot dogs for the kids and your debit card doesn't work. Lucky for you, Central National Bank's after-hours service is ready to help you get out of all kinds of ninth-inning jams. Just contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening and we'll connect you to a local person who can answer questions and fix problems. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank, member FDIC. King of the road. When we say at UBO Business Services that we are the premier service provider for Ricoh, Xerox, Conic Minolta, Canon, Kisser, and Lexmark copiers and printers, we are not blowing hot air. One way we quantify our status as the best is an independent company used by millions of organizations called Net Promoter Score. It is the most consistent way to rank brand loyalty and customer service. A score of 70% or better is considered world-class. UBO score is an 86. Call Sean Hunt at 254-709-2101 or ubeo.com. Stay close. The Dismount with Matt Mosley is coming up on ESPN Central Texas. Oh, Richard Carr, Buick, GMC, how lovely are your SUVs? Oh, Richard Carr, Buick, GMC, I love the trucks you have for me. Strong and tough with luxury, room for all my family. Oh, Richard Carr, Buick, GMC, you are the dealership for me. It's time now for the dismount of the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. What is the dismount? And, uh, Man, lots. Uh, we've got uh, Baylor basketball tonight. It is farewell to the feral. Pack in there. Think back on all the fun times. 35 years of hoops at the Farrell Center. We've seen some great ones. We've seen great players. I always go back to that Arkansas team with Lee Mayberry, Todd Day, the Big O. I mean, that was a good. That was a great team's. Uh, uh, Tom Penders had some unbelievable teams, and I'm trying to think. Uh, I guess, I guess that uh, Travis Mays and uh, Joey Wright and Lance Blanks played in the Farrell Center. It would have been late '80s when it opened, and then of course uh, Terrence Wrencher. Um, oh, I mean KD, the whole bunch, Lamarcus Aldridge. Some greats from Texas, but all the Bear greats as well. Starting with David Wesley back in the day. And my man, Julius Denton. Shout out to JD. All right, everybody. Have a tremendous Christmas. We'll see you back here. Oh, probably on Tuesday. Everybody have a great one. Aaron, Merry Christmas to you. And Merry Christmas to all our unbelievable listeners and friends. Everybody have a great one. We will talk to you soon. Good night. It's time now for the Modern Media Big 12 Blitz. Modern Media, your full-service advertising agency. Now, here's the voice of the Bears, John Morris. 
Nice time for a check of Big 12 football on today's Modern Media Big 12 Blitz. Coming up, the UCF Knights in their first year in the Big 12 are going bowling. They'll play this Friday in Tampa, matching up against Georgia Tech in the Gasparilla Bowl. We'll hear from UCF head coach Gus Malzahn coming up on today's Modern Media Big 12 Blitz. Scott and White, Southwest Sports Medicine and Orthopedics.